Hey guys, Hunter here. If you're like me, you've started to listen to uh, most of your podcasts on Spotify. And if you guys do, it would really help us out if you would leave us a review on Spotify. We've just recently gotten on the platform and we're trying to get our reviews up. So if you enjoy the show, uh, we would really greatly appreciate you going there and uh, clicking a, a review for us. It only takes a few seconds and it will really help us out uh, with growing the podcast and getting the good word of health and fitness out. Now let's get to the show. And we're back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here, coming to you flow with Caleb. And we are going to talk about competition today. We're going to talk about the Coyote Classic, which will have come and gone uh, when this episode airs. It's, uh, as we're shooting it, it'll be uh, in a couple of days. And so we thought it'd be fun to talk about uh, what goes into uh, planning a competition. We've kind of gone on this topic before, but we thought we'd go into a little bit more specifics as far as the workouts and what we were thinking when we came up with the workouts and kind of what goes into uh, setting everything up and making sure that we uh, have a smooth competition day and everybody enjoys it. And uh, we're it, we're already on pace to have a uh, the biggest summer classic uh, we've ever had as far as teams go. We have almost uh, we have exactly 100 competitors right now. 48 teams signed up. Um, registration closed tonight, so could potentially add a couple more. So going to be a really fun. Uh, Saturday, so we're gonna go into the weeds a little bit on uh, what all the things that go into running a successful competition. I think this is a topic that is um, is that a lot of you know a lot of our listeners at the top of their minds because uh, one of the fun things about fitness that's measurable is it gives you a chance to sow some of those competitive uh, oats, so to speak, and to really get a chance to. Um, push yourself in a way that a lot of people like to go and run a 5k or a 10k or do a half marathon or marathon. Um, and so to have an option for adults, that is, uh, a fun thing to do, but also physically challenging, mentally challenging, overcoming that hurdle. It's one of the best feelings. And so I think that's why a lot of people love a competition. And so for us, that's a part of what we want to do is try to pursue excellence in the way that we run it, the environment, the way that you feel, the the safety for the athletes, but also giving them that chance to push themselves and push the limits. So I'm excited to ask a couple questions uh, to Hunter and, uh, and to dig into it a little bit. Uh, I, we've done these together for the last six or seven years, I know, but this the is the first, eighth, eighth Coyote Classic we've had. Yeah, about. so the first Classic was eight years ago, and I actually did that one uh, and was a, was a participant. In the oh, beginner I, I don't category? Know, I don't know about, <laughs> I wasn't going to say competitor, but a participant. Um, also ran. Uh, and so I remember what it was like. It was it was great. I remember we warmed up in a barn next door that yeah. just didn't have lights. It was lights. steamy. It was, uh, didn't, didn't have need, lights. It didn't take much to warm up in that little, barn. A little dusty, uh, but it's come a long way. So we're going to dig into it a little bit. Yeah, um, I love competition. There, there's a couple aspects of it that I really love. And, you know, as the sport of CrossFit itself has evolved and grown so much, there's it's huge divide from, you know, the basically professional athletes you watch at the CrossFit games. And then, you know, everybody else who goes to the gym, uh, to be fit and be healthy and, uh, improve their quality of life. 
And so we like, you know, our two competitions we have every year are to bridge that gap. And to me, number one, it's a showcase of and highlight of everyone's hard work that they put in and show, um, let them display, you know, the hard work that they put in over the last year, or over the years that they put into and give them a, a, a forum to be able to go out and, and uh, practice and, and perform in front of people, which is always so fun. You know, I, some of my favorite things about competitions is when the parents will come and their kids will be there cheering them on. It's so, so cool to see. And you'll see like a, some, uh, a dad out there or a mom out there lifting weights and their, their kid are over there watching and cheering and screaming them on. And like, just like that, my mom or my dad is Superman or Superwoman out there. They're just blown away by how strong they are and all the cool things they can do. And that's just so cool to see. And then also it's a great thing to uh, hold people accountable and give them something to train for. You know, when you decide uh, you get a partner and you're going to do the, the, the competition in, in the summer, it's going to hold you accountable to have some sort of work towards, make sure your diet's in check, make sure you are practicing the movements and, and getting, you know, as fit as you possibly can, can be do, during that time. And then it's so much fun to do something like that with a team and with a partner. And in the, in the winter classic, we have three person teams. It's so fun to prepare together and work towards something as a group. And, and so that's something we, we want to provide an avenue and an outlet for people to show showcase all the fitness that they worked, worked so hard to, to, uh, to acquire over the years. It's funny now that you mentioned that I really do think that's something that I see, but just don't even recognize in the moment was there's a lot of people who know that their son or daughter, um, even sometimes husband, wife, kids, uh, parents, and they come and watch their parents or their their kid, their child, their spouse do something that they couldn't, they didn't picture it in their mind. They had one idea of what happens at the gym, but then when they see it happen, they're just amazed. Uh, it's like if you go to see a professional athlete in person, and you're just like, "Oh wow, that way looks, better than that I thought they were." <laughs> or you hear the bat on the ball, and you're like, "That sounds different." And so it's it's not obviously that extreme, but it can be um, to to watch people. And so that is that is a great. That's just a I, I think one of the best parts of um, what having this for the non-professional athlete. Uh, still, though, being able to compare to the general population, what people who are at your average local competition are able to do is pretty phenomenal. It really is. Um, when you think about it compared to their peers and their coworkers. So tell me about this. So one of the things that I think you've, we've changed over time is the way you've approached the programming. What are some of the things that maybe you've learned through the years and what are some of the main principles or ideas that you want to come across in the programming? Um, so what, it, what has changed, if anything, over the years, and how do you begin to craft a competition program? Yeah, so uh, a couple of things uh, I think about uh, when I'm coming up with workouts. Number one is uh, something that flows well, is a good test of fitness, well-rounded, um, and then also something that is fairly easy to set up. That's something that we did the first couple of years uh, was we had a – a clean ladder and a snatch ladder where they ran to different bars and each bar was already preloaded and it was really really cool event but it was an absolute nightmare to set up and you had to have so many weights and so many volunteers to help and you had to run everything in and out and at the crossfit games you can do that when you have hundreds of volunteers um, and tons of space and tons of unlimited weights and all that type of stuff but um we had to i had to take a step back and look at well what is what, what is something that's a good test and also is easy to follow, not too cluttered because safety is our number one priority. We want to make sure that everybody is moving safely and everybody has enough space to be able to perform without worried about getting hit by a flying weight or something like that. 
easy to see for the for the uh, spectators, and then also easy to set up and, and move uh, set up before and in between events and that type of thing. So like how the weights are structured is very important depending on the different uh, groups of categories and setting stuff up in between events uh, and heats. Um, because all that, those minutes add up a, a lot. And when you have a hundred plus competitors showing up the last, you know, the, the most important thing for me, other than, uh, everyone being safe is that we run on time because I want to respect everyone's time. Everyone's time is valuable. If you run an hour over and there's a hundred competitors plus, you know, a hundred people, um, watching that's 200 hours you just wasted. Uh, uh, that, that people never get back. And so I really try to be respectful of people's time with that. And we really work really, really hard to make sure we run on time into a, a strict schedule because also you want to make sure people know when they're going to go. So they have time to warm up in a proper manner. And I've done plenty of competitions, uh, where you were running way off schedule and you have no idea when you're going to go. You don't know when you can eat. You don't know when you need to warm up that type of thing. And that's just a terrible experience. We want everybody to have a great experience first and foremost. And so that, you know, at, at the, at the top of that list is making sure we're running on time. And so in order to do that, there, it takes a lot of planning, playing on the front end as far as the workouts. And you can't just sit down and say, Oh, this will be cool. This will be cool. This will be cool. And not think about how it's going to be implemented on game day. And so that's one of the biggest things is thinking about, uh, how the workouts flow, making sure the equipment setup is simple, um, enough to be able to transition quickly. And then another thing we changed is we used to do the RX and scaled, and now we switch to beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And that is uh, a lot more accessible for a lot of people because they can really kind of determine um, where they are based on that. It gives three different options. And so it makes uh, it accessible for lots of different types of people. You can have, you have a lot more flexibility when you have three tracks with workouts instead of two. So you can still do the, the muscle ups and the, you know, the handstand push-ups and that type of thing. Uh, for the competition group, but if you're doing those and all you have is RX and scaled, and somebody can't do muscle ups, well then you're you're incur- everybody else has to do scaled, and so it's just really hard when you only have two two different uh, uh, tracks to do it. So having three different tracks has has been a three different options for people has been really huge as far as uh, coming up the workouts too. I think one thing that we have discussed that I've that you told me a long time ago, and I, I again a lot of people don't take this into consideration. I don't think, and you have is that a lot of times people you don't get to lift with that adrenaline, with the the amount of people watching and that fun thing, the the fun environmental thing that people come to these for. Uh, it's not as fun to do that and and do a five rep max yeah. front squat or to do some weird complex on the rings that is, um, it, it sounds like it'd be more attractive and it would be fun to try, but in practicality, um, it's so much more fun to keep it simple yeah. and very measurable. And so I noticed that with, you know, and even the ladder, I remember doing it that year and it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Like it was still fun, but you were talking about the logistical and the, the time of that, but having a one rep max, having people having a chance to, to do a one rep max is so simple on paper. It looks like, Oh, that wouldn't be as fun. But in reality, it's the most fun thing you can do. And yeah. people pay to sign up so that they can ch- get get a chance to PR a lift that maybe they haven't PR'd in three the years. The vast majority of people are going to do one, maybe two competitions a year at most. Some of them maybe do one every couple of years. And so we always want to give the opportunity where if you do sign up to do the, uh, one of the Coyote competitions, you're going to have a chance to set a PR on something. And so that's what we always want to do. And an- another thing with that is always try to make sure the, the lift is going to be 
uh, towards the middle of the day when the most people are going to be there because uh, we want to create a fun environment where there's lots of people cheering and screaming and there's just nothing more fun than setting a PR and 100 people cheering for you. Even the people who are worried about lifting you know, in front of a crowd, all of a sudden they get out there and everybody's cheering them on and then, then all of a sudden they set a PR and they, they just – it's so fun to see people come off the floor with huge smiles on their face and high-fiving people because they just set a PR. And so we always want to give people an opportunity to set a PR in whatever 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 lift we do. And, you know, obviously it's always changing. This year we're doing a clean and jerk. And, um, you know, we've done snatch. We've done, you know, the power lifts, all of them. Um, and we'll continue to change them up. But we do want to give people that opportunity to, to have a chance to do that because, like you said, in that environment with that adrenaline going, most people might – get that opportunity once or twice in their entire life. And so we want to be able to give that opportunity to them uh, because it is so electric and it's so fun. The So we talked about a max lift. What are the other styles of workouts? I've noticed, obviously, we talk about this when we talk about the program, but the pattern, um, you I don't think it's as fun to show up to an event and do three workouts that are all very similar. Um, it's just going to be the, it's the same type of feeling. A lot of times if you do the workout or the workout's not written correctly, you're going to end up with the same. Um, it's really going to be the same test with just different movements. And so I've noticed that there's typically, and let's just talk teams because we do, uh, you know, for those who are listening from um, who aren't in the Coyote family, we've got uh, two events each year, the Winter Classic, three-person teams, and now the Coyote Classic, which is a two-person team. Uh, both are one-day events. And so with both of these, there's a max lift. That's fun. It's engaging, like we just talked about. Then we also have a workout where you know partners have an option to to break things up how they want to. So traditional CrossFit workout with uh, usually three movements where partners can decide how they break it up. Talk about why that's fun um, when you have that opportunity to give people a chance to to split it up and do two sets or four sets and how that can play. Strategy is one of the most fun parts of doing it with a team and trying to figure out what is the best optimal way for us to be able to get the fastest time depending on our strengths and weaknesses and kind of playing around with that. That's part of the fun of doing it with a team. And so I love to have those opportunities for people to do the teamwork type thing where let's figure out the best way for that plays on both of our strengths and be able to get through this workout as quick as possible. And then I'll also like to always have a relay type workout in there where each person goes through uh, a portion of the workout and then tags the next person in. And it's more of an individual workout, work rest type workout, but in a team group. And those are always fun too, because you know, it also, you have to dig deep yourself and go really, really fast. And so I try to always mix it up between those types of workouts. And then the three person teams, we always like to have some type of, you know, hold or a hang or something like that to really do teamwork. And we've also done some synchro stuff as well, which is always fun to play around with, but I always try to give lots of different variations of teamwork. And so strategy goes into play. And it's not just like you said, three workouts where it's just, you know, you don't, there's no thought process involved. You just get through it. Um, you know, part of the, the fun of doing a team is having a good strategy and coming up with the best possible, uh, breaking up things for you and your partner. So, uh, that, that's, that's one of the fun parts of team that I really try to implement and, and make sure there's a couple different variations of that in every, every competition we have. One thing with, with movements, and if you're familiar with CrossFit, uh, competitions there's there's always room for conflict and i think one thing that we do when it comes to programming that just helps eliminate some of the friction that can take away from the enjoyment is to try to simplify and keep workouts uh simple and effective which is really what you know even though we do participate in something we want to be constantly varied we want it to change often and not be predictable there's a sense of whenever you do want 
have an opportunity to get people in this environment that's very competitive where there's a sense of let's try to simplify it just to keep the main thing the main thing and yeah. not bring in room or opportunity for something to go wrong and so um whether it be you know choosing movements that are easy to judge and very easy to hold a standard not trying to introduce a new movement that people haven't had a chance you know we don't throw in some odd movement something that they've never had a chance to practice yeah um are there, are there anything, anything else? I just, you know, no, I think about judging jump yeah, rope and yeah. it's like even taking out and avoiding the chance. We for try us. to make it as simple as possible for our judges to know exactly what they're looking for and make the movement simple yet effective. And I think a lot of times people try to get fancy and cute and they want to be different. And I, I'm along the lines of keep it simple. And that is the most effective, best test is the simple test um, and straightforward and give the judge one or two things they need to look at. And I mean, we have to keep in mind that each one of these judges is a volunteer and you know, every year there's always going to be somebody getting upset about some type of judgment call or somebody's reps or something. But the same thing happens at the semifinals. I was just at semifinals and there was people complaining left and right about judges there and this and that, and that movement and this moment and this lane and that lane. And those are like professional competitions with lots of money on the line. Um, and they still have to simplify the movements because some of the movements are too I, hard. And, I saw a study. I saw yeah. a study, and people are analyzing the the air runners and yeah. whether the air runners were all dialed correctly. Mm -hmm. And there seemed to be a preference of certain air runners that were, you know, our air runner. We know that the air runner people generally know that those things get off very easily, and so even when it comes down to that, like there's no end in that uh, for opportunity. Uh, for that, but what we've tried to do, to do is to minimize it as much as possible what, so that people can enjoy what we want the competition, and that's a fun... What I've seen in the past is the people that get the most upset are typically in like the beginner categories, and I think it's just because they haven't... Maybe this is their first competition, and they don't have the perspective of... You know, there is going to be some error with the judges. It's not going to be perfect. These some, you know, these people are volunteering their Saturdays. They just work out in the gym just like everybody else. And they're donating their Saturdays to help um, put on this event. And we try to do our best to make sure everybody's upholding the standard. But the reality is it's not going to be perfect. And we know that going into it. But the people in the, you know, that have done multiple competitions before, they know that's part of it. And they have a lot more leeway and grace when it comes to that. Um, and that doesn't mean maybe they don't get upset if they feel a, a call was missed or whatever, but they move on with their day. Um, and it's not the end of the world if that happens. And I think that just comes with more and more um, competitions under your belt. What do you think is, uh, what do you think makes for when you look back on the, at the end of the day, you talked about safety as the biggest priority uh, first and foremost, then being on time because on time actually is safe. And we think mm -hmm. that that's the case for and a lot of things. But when you have a predictable schedule, it allows you to give athletes enough time to take care of their body. Um, what are some of the other, th you know, less conflict and having consistency and scoring the thing that you're measuring when you're there? What are some other things that you um, would look at and say, like, this makes a really good competition? Like at the end of the day, I can really rest and say that this was um, this was what what we set out to do. Yeah, I mean, those are the big things is if we ran on time, everything ran smoothly, there weren't really been any big hiccups or issues or anything. Um, and it there's great buzz, good turnout, people are having fun, laughing, smiling, um, talking, um, having a good time. Um, those are the biggest things because ultimately this is not a qualifier for anything else that, you know, at the end of Saturday's over with it will be done and that'll be it. And so we just want everyone to leave and say, wow, I'm so glad I did that. And that's, that's ultimately what we shoot for is that we want 
people to finish and say, I'm so glad I decided to do that. It was, I was nervous about signing up, but I'm so glad I did because I did better than I thought I was going to be able to do. Um, I did more, did more than I thought I could. My, I, I, I had much further limits than I realized and I was just so glad I did it. I'm, I want to do it again next year. And that's always what we shoot for. And, um, we just want to provide the best possible competition that we can have and have people continue to come back. And so it's been very, um, gratifying to know that the time and effort that we put into it over the years has, is, has paid off in the fact that more and more people are, are signing up every year, which is really fun to show that, Hey, people are noticing and enjoying and having a good time and they want to come back and do it again next year because ultimately we want to give people the best possible experience they can when they're doing a local competition and um that that's what we strive for every single time and and at the end of the day if everybody had a great time had fun and everybody was safe and we got done on time to me that's a win yeah we you know we we think about the the experience we want people to have when they walk in the door we feel like we can control that and whether it's somebody's parents who are from out of town or somebody who's from the gym down the street that is coming by to have a good time we just want to uh you know my goal is along the lines of getting those things set the programming the setup the volunteers after that then it becomes a customer service opportunity for for people from the community and so i think a lot of gyms want to want to have a big impact they say in their mission and they talk about wanting to influence not just their circle of friends that are in the gym already but try to have an impact on people and i think anything that you do and put your name on it you want to be able to say we we want to help people see what we're doing we want to help try to bring as many people um, closer to an opportunity to pursue health and fitness and so whether that's just being super friendly keeping a clean environment keeping the bathrooms clean um, providing food and drinks for people having you know restrooms that are easily available um, lots of volunteers you know going back to the volunteer thing that's one thing that just i mean i can't say enough how amazing is to have people who come to the gym and work out they'd work all week and then they come on their day off last for the last seven years saturday and sunday mm -hmm. and come just to help not even to compete themselves but to give people a chance for them to hit a max pr yeah. you know or to hit, to hit a max clean and jerk or to pr a lift uh that to me speaks volumes about the community that gyms across the country when they do these local competitions are are bringing in and the, the community they have is like there are people who are going to show up on saturday to clean the bathroom so that 48 teams groups of two can come and have a great workout experience they love the gym that much and that means the world to us and it just never goes past our view of um of how much we value that i'm blown away every year by the amount of people that want to volunteer and like you said uh, donate their saturday to judge other people and help um, set up equipment and then the competition's over and there'll be 15 people hanging out. What, it, what, it, what do we need to clean up? Where, where does this need to go? You know, that type of thing. Where does this trash need to go? And it's just so cool for, to have a community of people who want to chip in and help and because they just generally enjoy and, and want to participate. And so I'm always blown away by that and so grateful and, and honored to have such a great group of people that want to to do that type of thing. And, um, it's just fun to see the same faces come back every year, uh, mm -hmm. to judge. And, and they're there from, from the start of the competition to the end of the competition. And they're there to judge and with a smile on their face and, and they have a good time. And it's just a lot of fun to have such a great, awesome group of people to, uh, you know, to spend a Saturday with and, and enjoy, uh, some fitness together. Do you have any, uh, this is kind of on the spot. We didn't talk about this at all. 
Um, any favorite moments or embarrassing moments or things that didn't go as planned or any any moments that stick out to you of some of your favorites from the Coyote Classic through the years? I know uh, I busted my nose on, yeah. a, on a barbell yeah, a in the first one. And I, so there's still the a picture, picture, is a picture of yeah, me yeah. with a tape just to make sure the blood didn't run down my face. But um, anything that sticks out to you as some of your favorite memories? Um, I remember the first year we did it, and I'll give a shout-out to – former coach Chris Allen he's the one that taught me into doing it and I was really hesitant to do one and when we moved to our new building he was like oh we got to have a competition now and I'm so glad that he did uh, and the first year you know putting it out there and not really having any expectation of what was going to happen and then all of a sudden we have people from Alabama and Tennessee and Arkansas and Louisiana all coming to compete and having some big name competitors come and it was just so fun to watch you know, there were some really, really competitive athletes there and watch them do that um, was so fun to see. And then just seeing the consistency of people showing up every single year and some people will continue to show up every single year um, is always fun. Um, I do remember one thing that happened last year that I was really upset about in the moment was um, we started a workout and then stopped like after 10 seconds because yeah, yeah. I can't remember what yeah. happened. And that's the only time that's ever happened. And I've always like never wanted something like that to happen. And so, um, yeah, I, that was one of I, I, I was beating myself up over that for a long time afterwards. I was just really upset about that. Like, gosh, you know, this amateur hour. Over here, you know? <laughs> um, but you know, I think ultimately everybody forgot about it. And, um, but I, at the end of the day, I just, when I go around after the competition and talk to people, it just makes, makes me so proud and happy. Um, when people say that was a great competition, I had so much fun. I want to be come back and do it next year. And, um, that just makes it all worthwhile to me because you know how, how hard, how hard it is to put on a competition, how much work it is. I mean, we were moving bars around this morning, uh, so people could have a good pull up bar for their bar muscle ups and just that type of thing. It takes a lot of planning and effort, uh, that goes into it. Now, obviously we've done 15 of these at this point so we we pretty much know what needs to be done and when it needs to be done um but it still is a lot of work and so it's a long day um but at the end of the day it's also really very satisfying when you you know i, I will i'll say another one of my favorite moments is at the very end i like to be the last one to leave and i just kind of love locking the door and just kind of sitting down on the bench and just soaking it in for a couple minutes and enjoying like there was 200 people up here all day um, the ringing in your yeah, ears. Yeah, show, it's like yeah, the ringing yeah, in your ears. Yeah, showcasing <laughs> their fitness. Everybody had fun. Everything ran smooth. It was great. And now it's just all of a sudden quiet. And I just kind of like to sit sit and, and soak that moment up for a few minutes before heading home. And that's always a, a, a cherished moment for me as well. Yeah, there may be a few cold beers that get uh Yeah, there's a tradition also started by uh, Chris Allen where you, you have to <laughs> – I hope he'll all, be there. I, I don't know if you talked to him. Well, we need to get him make sure he, he's he's there. He's Saturday. invited for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think, I think you know, in hindsight, this will be hopefully everybody listening to this if you were a part of it. Now, just intrigued to know uh, a lot that goes into it. You know, like you said, there's a schedule set throughout the year, everything from getting the logos done at a certain time to the T-shirts, to the sponsors, uh, to all of a sudden you get to the week of, and then it's, you know, getting promotional items, getting, you know, prize packs set up, getting the T-shirts organized and, and scheduled and all those little things. I think for us, we just learned, just like for you listening, there's probably some event that you put on for your work and you've learned through the years things that you did well and things you could do better. And so what I think uh, I've 
you know, what I think displays the attitude that we take into the gym. It's why we love fitness. We're always wanting to learn. And so we kind of learn one or two little things every year that we could bring to the next year and makes it a little bit easier. And, um, and that's how I think you get better. And that's how I think you pursue excellence. And, um, so hopefully that, you know, we're, Able to sit here next yeah. week and listen to this and uh, be like, yeah, everything and attest to everything that we I, talked about. I also, do as you were saying that, uh, give a shout out to D Nub Derek Walker with D uh, D Nub Design, and he has been helping us out with our shirts and logos and everything for every single year we've ever had it. And he gets the trophies for us and medals and judges sheets, and he just makes our lives so much easier by doing a lot of the things for us. Um, and so, um, you know, he makes makes it move makes it run so smoothly all the setup and that type of thing so uh we really appreciate appreciate him and definitely couldn't do it without him either and all the other there's so many people that that help out um and you know we've had a lot of great mcs over the years and we do miss rafferty uh coach rafferty doing the mc he was he was, he was <laughs> always started the day off uh, with, with a walk, bang with, yeah with, uh, was it is it walk the moon that no it was dance, uh or, well, no it was uh the the uh uh Marky Mark and the Funky, uh, <laughs> what is it called? Mark Wahlberg's band, you know, uh, Good Vibrations. Uh, I forget, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the band. Good Vibrations, he'd always start with that. But uh, yeah, miss him. And then now Tyler is taking the, the baton on, on the MC and he does an awesome job too as well. So, you know, and it's just it's just a fun, fun day, a lot of fun to see so many different people from so many different gyms come out, showcase their fitness and hard work and dedication and be able to, uh, you know, have a partner and, and go through. And we, we also failed to mention the kids uh, event that going back to one of my favorite things, the kids event is probably my favorite part of the day because I love seeing the kids, you know, four to eight, 10 year olds coming out and going through some really hard workouts. And you can tell by the look on their face, they come out sprinting for about a minute. And then all of a sudden it just, it's just <laughs> like, they just, their eyes get big and they didn't realize how hard it was, but they push through and keep going. And it's so fun to see kids at that age willing to come in and participate in fitness and um, making it a part of their life because we know that they'll grow up and continue to do it and health and fitness will be a priority for them. And so I just love going out there and cheering those kids on and watching them uh, push hard every single event. And so um, that's something we will always continue to do. Um, that on, still on the is, that still is the loudest that the gym will get. Oh, absolutely. Cheering those kids on, man. It's so much fun. Uh, well, good. Well, uh, yeah, that's it. If you guys um, have any questions about uh, anything with the competition uh, or have a great experience with it, let us know. We'd love to hear feedback on it. Or if you think of something we could do better next year, we'll be glad to listen. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, let's move on to the uh, next segment. Outside the box. So, Caleb, talk about your vacation. Let's just get it out there. You're so, leaving soon. Yeah, I'm leaving after the co- right after the competition. We're going to uh, Punta Cana. Um, for a vacation it'll be our first and last well actually not last uh our first vacation of the year and um we typically do a uh anniversary trip every year but we won't this year since Claire will have given birth by them and we will be on lockdown for a long time after that so we're going kind of on our baby baby moon as they call it uh just going for uh for the week to uh, a resort in Dominican and um really looking forward to that getting away for a little bit getting some sun kind of hitting that reset button um, for a little bit. So we're leaving Monday after the competition. And then uh, that's pretty much it. That's all that, you know, that's pretty much all we've, we've got going on right now. What about, 
What about you? Uh, we'll be holding it down for you. So uh, appreciate you can, that. We'll be looking through your Facebook stories or Instagram stories. Uh, Maybe I'll just leave my phone and not even look at it. Every every couple hours, we'll be, <laughs> we'll be living through you. It's been uh, a, it's been a year. I might just leave my phone. No, it's uh yeah, it's just it's summertime. We're getting. I it's know hot. You are. It's we talk hot. about a lot. It's it's toasty out there. We're getting baby ready. So. Um, I got to cut the grass. Yeah. I was looking at my grass. Every so three like, days, apparently. I was thinking about it, and uh, you start thinking about, well, what's my grass going to look like when I get back? Well, I better go ahead and cut it before I leave. So this stuff is kind of the stuff you think about when you are uh, get old and boring, I guess. Do you have any recommends for our listeners? Um, we're in a TV show drought. Everyone kind of recognizes that right now. Um, I can only read so many books in a week. Only so many in a week, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we're about to finish, uh, rewatching Breaking Bad and I think I talked about that and then we're going to rewatch the, uh, the, uh, movie that came out afterwards. Um, man, there's not really anything the Breaking on Bad movie. Yeah. There's a Breaking Bad movie. Yeah. Oh, you're rewatching it. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, like they redid them. They made a movie for what happened to Jesse after Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to watch that after, after this last season. Uh man, I'm not prepared for uh for recommends. This is a uh this is a, a very poor showing by both of us here. Um I recommended rice already. <laughs> Sticky rice. Uh we did sparkling water. Yeah, sparkling water, uh, yeah. Yeah. We did good the stuff. sparkling water. Um no. I recommend you guys uh keep listening to the podcast. All right, I'll I'll recommend a book that I'm I'm finishing up called Educated. It, and I actually recommend it to my wife because I think she'll really enjoy it. Uh, but it's a memoir of a, a girl who grew up in Idaho, and uh, she was born in 86, so she's a year younger than me, so it really kind of hit home for me. But her family was Mormon, and they didn't believe in uh, medicine or school or pretty much any of modern society, government, anything. And so they lived in Idaho. Her dad was like a construction and had a, a junkyard, and so she didn't go to school, didn't do anything growing up, and it's just a crazy crazy life that she lived and then she ended up going to college at BYU and then um getting and and, you know she was helped by so many people along the way who kind of helped her and like she showed up to college didn't really know anything she had had not not gone to school at all didn't even get homeschooled and so she had to learn all this stuff at college and then by some miracle she gets into Cambridge and uh, goes to Cambridge for grad school and that and and so and then she moves on and obviously writes this book but it's just fascinating to see um, to read a different perspective on life than what is it's so different than what most of us know with their lives. And so, um, she's also a very, very good writer. Um, it's, it's very, it's a done very well, um, top selling book. So, uh, educated, uh, a memoir, I forget her name is Tara. I forget her last name. Um, but if you like those types of books, um, I would recommend it because it's a, it's a really interesting, fascinating look at, um, a completely different type of life that that somebody led, and you know what she what she learned from it all. One of our members dropped off my recommends. Uh, I did. I remember I wrote this down somewhere. I couldn't remember where I wrote it down. Um, one of our members dropped off uh, the first uh, that I've ever had the Athletic Brewing Company non-alcoholic beers. Uh, they brought it for my wife because we were all hanging out at the pool and everybody's drinking or having a drink or two and. Um, one of our uh, good friends, uh, also pregnant, uh, was 
having an athletic brew. And so they, uh, we had somebody drop them off at the house and they're delightful. If you, if you miss, uh, if you want to be able to drink, I saw someone doing this. They were just kind of going back and forth between those and a regular beer just to keep it, keep it sober, keep it clean, but also to be able to have a drink. So athletic brewing, uh, give it a shot. They taste phenomenal. So, um, that is something that there we'll recommend go. for the okay, summer. Okay, good. Keep it clean. We started off slow but finished strong with the recommend segment. All right, well, that's it for this week. A, uh, we hope you guys um, enjoy the uh, 4th of July, and uh, we got that coming up as well. And um, and we I think actually this might come out on the 4th of July. So there you have it. Happy 4th. Happy 4th of July. Um, hope you guys enjoy it, and we will catch you next time. silky smooth sounds.